0: Welcome to Coffee Powered Systems, equipping women with actionable steps to overcome overwhelm and streamline business and life. So grab your favorite drink and come hang out with me. I'm your host, Miranda Merton. Welcome back to another Friday episode of Coffee Powered Systems. I'm your host, Miranda Merton. If you are new here, welcome. And if you are a regular listener Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. If you've been here before, you know that normally I do solo episodes, but this week I'm bringing you something a little bit different and I am bringing an interview that I did with Sarah Torres-Ferrick. She is an HR specialist and she's going to chat with me about what to do when you are ready to expand and grow a team In your small business. So go ahead and grab your favorite drink. I've got my coffee here as I re-listen to this episode and all the juicy goodness. Here's my interview with Sarah Torres Farrick. Enjoy. All right, welcome to Coffee Powered Systems. We are here today with Sarah Torres Farrick, and this is actually my first interview on this podcast. I am so happy to have Sarah here. She is gonna dive in with us and tell us all about. HR and hiring. Sarah is an HR officer and she's the creator of the Fun Feedback Framework. So we are going to dive in with Sarah. Sarah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about your backgrounds and how you got into doing all of this.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me and I'm excited to be kind of your first one here. Um, I kind of fell into HR. I studied philosophy and I'm still trying to figure out how I can make money philosophizing. Um, My dad was in HR, so I started as an HR intern and I, I really liked it. And I've been doing that for about 12 years. And I started doing that for federal agencies. And my husband actually has had his own small business this whole time. So I've been in the small business game for a while too. And I admittedly kind of hated it for most of that time. I was that wife that didn't get it and didn't like it. And it it really grew on me, especially after we had kids. I I saw how great it could be. And it was a few years ago that I had that, you know, slap in the face moment where it was kind of chasing that dream, climbing that ladder. And I had a conversation with my husband where it was, you know, I'm not really happy where I am. Should I go for that next promotion? And he was like, you say the same thing. Like we've had this conversation before. I don't think it's going to make you happy. Like we've done this before. And he said, you know, when you help me with HR questions and you help the business people I know, you know that we pay people for that. Like, you know, that's a job, right? I was like, I guess it is a job. And that kind of pushed me into doing it because all the things that I was lacking in my kind of job, I, I could get with small businesses. And what I really loved about helping small businesses is what I didn't see in the workplace of the big business. I could see in the workplace of small businesses, right? They can create great work environments for people. They can create great jobs for people. And I love helping great people create great lives for themselves and their workers. And so I just really love what I do. And I'm really excited to be here because one of the ways that a business owner can create great work environments is having a great business and you have that with, creating a great business with great processes, great systems before you bring on the team, cause you're kind of setting that up for success. So I love this kind of process of getting everything right, kind of setting that foundation before you're kind of getting the employees in, kind of building those walls, getting all the furniture in. So I love that kind of you're taking your community on that journey and I'd love to, to be here to kind of help you on that next step of the journey.
0: So along those lines, what are the things that you think um, that's super important to have in place when you decide you it's time, it's time to like branch out and get someone because we can't just go, Hey, I like you come work for me and like verbal handshake it. Cause then we get in trouble with like, you know, contracts or things like that. So,
1: yes, you, the business owner really needs to know what they want in a business and they have to have an idea about what goes on in the business. So oftentimes you might see people say, well, just outsource what you don't like doing Mm -hmm. where it's not that easy because what you don't like doing might be something that you shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. at all, or it might be something that you need to be doing or you might be outsourcing something that you don't understand. So now you're wasting time and you're wasting money. So it's a little bit more complicated. So you have to make sure that you've taken the time to understand what type of business do you want to have, right? Do you want to have a business that's like an agency? So the kind of people you're bringing on are like mini use, like you're a CPA and you want an agency of other CPAs, oh. or is it going to be a different kind of model? Well, you're the CPA, and the kind of people you're bringing on are more of that support staff. What kind of company are you imagining? And then where are you? What? is the purpose of the outsourcing, right? Because outsourcing is growing, but you can grow different ways. A lot of times we think growing means I want to turn my business into Amazon, right? I want to be the next Fortune 500 company. That doesn't always mean what growing and outsourcing and growing a team means. What does it mean for you? Does it mean that I want to grow my business because I do want to bring on more customers? I do want to make more money. I do want to grow. I want to be a CEO that has a giant team under me. Or do I want to grow my business so I have time back and I want to be that CEO that says I only work three days a week because I want to travel or I want to spend time with my kids or I want to spend time with my partner. And so you need to have an understanding of what that means for you. So you can decide that's going to let you know who you need to hire, what kinds of people you need to hire. Once you have that idea, You still need to know what you want to hire. So you can say, maybe you do say need to hire um, like social media. And maybe that is something you don't like to do, but that doesn't mean you don't need to understand it, Mm -hmm. right? So that you can have a, yeah, that you can have a conversation, understand what you're looking for in a hire. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it's super important too, that the person at the top knows how to do everything, at the bottom before you even hand it off, you know, cause it's a lot easier to understand their role as well.
1: Right. And I know you talk a lot about SOPs and that's where this comes into. And it's, like you, you need to be able to know that job enough that you can have an SOP on it. And of course, as the leader, you don't want to be in most situations, we don't want to lead as micromanagers. Mm -hmm. right? Because that's not why we're paying somebody because then yes, you could just do it yourself, but you need to know enough about that topic that you could have an SOP about it, be able to make sure that your hire is following that SOP about it, Mm -hmm. but still be able to say, yes, but you're better at that than me. Better at that could be because you have a better skill set at it, or maybe you love it more than me, or maybe that it's just better use of your time than my time. But yeah, those having those SOPs before you hire will be a game changer for you.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So what's some advice you would give someone who thinks they're ready to hire, but they're not quite organized. They don't have those SOPs quite yet. um, So what are the steps should they take? Should they go ahead and get everything set up or should they maybe start hiring people that maybe might know a little bit more than they are so they can kind of work through it together?
1: So I think that they should go through some exercises just to ensure that they're on the right track for the role that they're going to hire, because what they don't want to do is to get somebody in a specific role and say, Oh, I don't know what, what we are going to do. If somebody, if you're in a position and you're kind of in your business and you're saying, I don't know where we are you probably need somebody to coach you through more of a systems kind of thing. So that's somewhere where you need somebody like a a business manager or like a systems coach to help you work through that before you bring somebody in to like do the tasks. Mm -hmm. And there's also going to be kind of a cost difference right? So if I'm a business, if I'm a business owner, and I want to hire someone to help me get on podcasts, if I already have an idea about what I want, I'm probably going to be able to pay a normal rate. But if I have to just say, Oh, I don't know what I want, I'm going to be spending a lot of money to get that person to figure it out. Yeah. And by the way, that I'm probably not going to attract the best person because the best person probably wants to walk into the door in a company that kind of has their stuff together. Or I'm only going to attract somebody that's probably not a kind of junior level executor of podcast pitching, I'm probably going to attract someone that's more of a business strategist type person. Mm-hmm. So someone that would be kind of higher up in like an org chart. Mm-hmm. So now I thought I was hiring someone to pitch podcasts, but really I'm probably own hiring kind of a business manager. And that's not really what I was aiming to hire at. Mm-hmm. So if you can really be strategic about what, what you're looking for it can really help you. And if you don't have that laid out, you need to do some pre-work and that pre-work might mean you're going to need to get some help, some consulting, some coaching to help you. Or it's also okay if you have some leadership positions with you. So it's okay within an organization to have you at the top Mm -hmm. and then to have some kind of managers helping you. Mm -hmm. And I know in the online community, you might hear like, oh, MBs, online, or OBMs, online business managers, you might have operations managers. These are people that kind of help a business owner kind of navigate these things on a more permanent basis, or you can go to people on kind of a coaching or consulting level that can help you map, map through these things. Or if you're, if the business owner is kind of systems inclined, they can kind of just sit down, go through processes, do use resources like your podcast, and kind of go through and think about what do I want this position to do? Let me get the SOPs in place. And if you have something, that doesn't mean you have to go through that all the time. Once that person comes on board, yeah, of course, you're going to be refining them. Those are living documents.
0: Awesome. I love that. Definitely knowing what you want before you get started because i know i see a lot of people going well i kind of know what i want but i'm not really sure that that's what i want and then you get into it and then you realize that's not really exactly what you needed so that's perfect i love that so when we're starting out what can you tell us the differences between um hiring maybe freelancers independent contractors or versus taking on maybe you want an employee what are the differences that we need to know about that yeah because i know a lot of solopreneurs entrepreneurs we tend to work with independent contractors more. So when would we know the difference between employees and ICs and when to make the shift?
1: Yes. And it's, it's hard to know when it's in your team member is an employee or a contractor. And what's difficult is we can't kind of go somewhere, point to it and say, yes, that's the answer. And unfortunately we don't get to decide. So we don't get to say, well, I'm the business owner and that's the person. And we both agree that we want to have a business to business relationship. Mm -hmm. We don't get to decide that there's government bodies and they're going to come in and decide. Mm -hmm. And all the government bodies get to make up their own rules and they all have different rules. So it's (laughs) super fun, (laughs) but generally, even though they all have different rules, generally speaking, the difference is gonna be kind of control. That's what you want to think about it in. If it's your employee, you're having control. You're saying, that's my employee. I'm going to care about and talk about and have control over how they're doing the job, when they're doing the job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So I'm going to care about they're doing the job at the work site. Or at the coffee shop at, at their house. I'm caring mm-hmm. about them doing it in the morning or in the afternoon. I'm caring about if they're taking a break in the middle of the day to go to the museum with their kids. I'm caring about those things. Mm-hmm. I'm not caring or asking about those things or bothering myself about those things with the contractor. Uh, Right. With an employee, I'm responsible for things like I'm paying for their computer and their email account and their software and their tools. I'm paying for everything that they need for a contractor. The they're paying for that because they're their own business. I'm not for an employee. I'm in charge of their ability to do their job. So say I want someone to help me with Pinterest, right? Mm -hmm. If I have this team member And I want to hire a virtual assistant to help me with Pinterest. If I'm going to say she doesn't really know how to use Pinterest Mm -hmm. and I want to give her this online course, I'm going to pay for it. That sounds like an employee because I'm paying for her to learn how to do something for me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like a contract, right? I wouldn't walk into Target and pay Target to figure out how to make me a nice purse right? That doesn't make sense. I wouldn't walk into the genius bar at Apple and pay the guy behind the counter to learn how to fix my, my computer, right? That doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense. So I wouldn't pay the contractor to learn how to use Pinterest to then help me manage my Pinterest boards. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. I could of course give that contractor my Pinterest SOP, Because I'm just letting her know how I've done it in the past in my business. So that's okay. So -hmm. there is the, you can give that to contractors, the education about the design of the business and all that, but it is the, it's the contractor's job to make sure they stay up to date on all that. So mm-hmm. those are kind of the differences. And it's always going to be this like balancing act. There's not like, well, if I did this right. plus this plus that equals contractor or equals employee, you're kind of looking at it all. And it's like a government body is going to look at it and say, well, they have their own computer, but you gave them this, but then you didn't give them this. Right. And then it, it, you can also think about things like, well, um, Sarah's only works for me Uh, That kind of leans over to, well, she's probably an employee. Well, Mm -hmm. Sarah has a dozen other clients Well, she's probably an independent contractor, Mm -hmm. right? Because an independent contractor is supposed to feel like two businesses. So it should feel, it should feel not like the virtual assistant employee is like doing a task for you. They're taking time and you're paying them for that time, regardless of kind of how well they're doing. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Right. they're
1: doing it. A contractor, kind they of like have a
0: partnership.
1: Sh- right. It's kind of like a partnership. And it's like, you're saying like, so I'm, you might have a, you might outsource like public relations mm-hmm. and it's like, they might be pitching you on podcasts. For example, on a podcast right now might be pitching you on podcast. And it's like, I'm hiring you so that I can get on podcasts for publicity. That's part of the PR package and you're a PR company. You're not going to be worried about this, 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 that, everything you're going to do. So they're going to have their own expenses. Like they might have calendar scheduling. They're going to have their computers. They're going to have their own website, all of that. They're going to put into consideration with their rate. Mm -hmm. So what they're going to have to have is could they have profit or loss? Right, so that's what we right. have. They have to make sure that they're having this profit or loss. You're not really going to be worrying about that as the business owner, as the uh, company. You're really just worried about are you giving them a proper kind of wage, mm-hmm. and they're not having to worry about, like, well, I had to buy my pencil, I had to buy my computer, all, all kind of that stuff. They, they should just be getting a proper wage. And then, one thing that always comes up when we're talking about contractors and employees is kind of how we pay them, and I always have to say this because it's a mistake we always make: is this like friends and family on like Venmo and PayPal? <laughs> we should never, never do that never do that if it's an employee you must never do that that's just like completely wrong yeah. but even if it's a contractor you cannot pay contractors with friends and family paypal and venmo because your business and theirs the business there are fees somebody has to pay yeah. fees they're not a business if they are not paying like
0: pro- credit processing fees yes that's a very good point point. and yes. then you get the protection as well you start yes. that protection. If something goes wrong, you can't then go back and to PayPal and say, Hey, I gave them this. And they're like, well, yes. that was your friend.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it <wasn't> my friend.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then I'm thinking, well,
1: if, if you wanted to pay them without them having fees, And that's you paying them as an employee, which means you were supposed to be doing all this like tax payment stuff, which you didn't do.
0: Yeah. So we don't want the IRS uh, mad at you. Nobody wants that. (laughs) Yeah. That's another good thing too. Like when you do start branching out and putting all these different things into your business, make sure you get the right tax structure and accounting going because if you don't have it um, you know, that's another thing to look into because you don't want to get to the IRS on their bad side going, no, you no, did not no. file this correctly.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's just a little bit of paperwork. I, it sounds scary. It does. Yeah. It sounds scary, but it's, it's not that scary. It's just a little bit of paperwork. Get a good
0: CPA on your side and y- you'll be fine. And so two of the things that I wanted to touch on as far as, building a team and branching out is like mindset of it. Because two things that I notice with people, number one is deciding like what to give up or letting things go. It seems to be hard for especially single entrepreneurs or solopreneurs to kind of give up their reins. And then also being the boss and being assertive enough to then say, this is how I want to do it. You know, do it this way, especially if you have like, if you're working with an entre- or IC that has other clients, you're kind of like, "Am I their boss? Do I want to mm-hmm. say this?" So, what do you say um, about getting into the mindset of actually becoming the boss, letting things go, and also being assertive? It is so hard.
1: Leading is hard. It's it sucks a lot, a lot of the time. It really does. And so often people become entrepreneurs because they hated bosses so much. So they don't want to be the boss. They don't want to be that boss. And it's hard for them to see that they can be a leader without being like that boss. Mm -hmm. Um, The the first step is to give, give up and that's really hard. So sometimes before you're making that first kind of delegation, you might need to train yourself and take baby steps. So it could be starting small and within your own personal life, start delegating small things. Like if you live with somebody, start taking home tasks that you normally do and start giving them to somebody else and you might have to train yourself. Like for example, I'm very much kind of type A, I think there's a way to load the dishwasher and there's a way not to load the dishwasher as an example. So kind of practicing. So my husband does, he's a creative mind, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have to practice and I would have to kind of, when I'm unloading the dishwasher, be like, that's an interesting way to, I don't know why you would put a pot in one cabinet and a pot lid in another one, but okay, okay. that's where they are now. So it's things like that to say, small things that don't really have big consequences to mm-hmm. train yourself to say, what is my response going to be? And what you want to be able to do is to say, hey, it is not the conclusion or the decision I would have made, but is it an acceptable conclusion? So you need to be able to practice quickly and internally going through that thought process. So in that case, I had to be like, okay, I would not have decided to put a pot and a pot lid in completely different cabinets. I would not have decided to do that is it the end of the world? No. So I'm going to let it go. Right. And so we're practicing that and in in an internal way, right? Because that doesn't need to be a marriage fight, you know? So these are the kinds of things to try to practice, start with little things in your own life, and then you can start bringing them into the work life. And it's okay to give yourself buffers, right? <laughs> so it's okay if you first bring somebody on and you have to give them their first assignment and you might say it's due on Monday, but you really don't need it till Wednesday.
0: Right. Give yourself
1: a buffer <laughs> just in case they mess it up, you have time to fix it. But you wanna make sure that what you're t- asking yourself is, do I not like it because it's not what I would have done, mm-hmm. but is it still okay? Awesome. Right? Is it still okay? Because you're bringing different people on for a reason, and different people helps your business. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody ever made a million dollars by themselves. Nobody ever made a business that let them travel the world and stay home with their family more, or have a hobby, or be able to give back to their charity of choice by themselves. Mm-hmm. So at some point, if you, that's the business that you want, you're going to be have to delegate, which means you're going to have to let somebody else in. But that could be great because that's going to bring innovation. It's going to bring diversity to your business. And that's that's only going to be great if you can kind of let it go. But it's going to take practice and you might mess up and that's okay. And you should also get like a business friend. And it shouldn't be like a real life friend. It shouldn't be like a significant other. It shouldn't be a family member. It It could be a business coach. It could be a life coach. It could be like a mastermind friend, mm-hmm. some kind of like business friend that's kind of equal to you that you can have these like sessions for because you might just need to have like a closed door venting session. Mm, yeah. Because it, it might happen because sometimes leading sucks. Sometimes it sucks. It does. Um it it really does because the the mindset is key. And there's this. One book, I'm looking at it, it's called Rado, Radical Candor uh, by yeah. Kim Scott. And this is a great book to help with when you were mentioning kind of having those tough conversations mm-hmm. because you were going to have to have tough conversations with team members. And that could be team members that your employees, team members that are contractors, or even just anybody in your life. And she's worked at a lot of places. She talks about when she worked at Apple, thinks she worked at Google. And her philosophy is, I I really, really love it because she, she doesn't sugarcoat things, right? She's not talking about like a compliment sandwich where it's like, say something nice and then really quickly say the mean thing and then like something random nice again. And so you're kind of, Wishy washy and going going irrelevant. No, you're being very direct, being very specific. So we're being very clear in the issue, which is really what she's getting from Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. right? We're being direct and clear, so we're making very productive progress. But we're we're caring. We have a lot of empathy, and what I love about that for the solar paranormal mindset is that you can still care about people you can still be friendly with people and be a leader. And this, this book really helps with that mindset because I see so many times that people think that you can either be a good person and be nice to people or you can be a jerk and a leader. Mm -hmm. And I think with this book and she has great examples from well-respected companies, well-respected leaders, well, no, you can be a great, nice person and lead amazing companies at the same time. Mm
0: Yes, fantastic. And then along the lines of leading, what about like, you know, it's time to cut your losses. <laughs> You've had a bad hire. Um, I've heard Gary V talk about it, you know, the hire slow fire fast kind of thing. Like what is your take on how we should know when it's time to just cut your losses and go?
1: You need to start from the beginning, setting clear expectations and having clear communications. So you should always be able to, you have your business goals, right? And you probably have them on your wall. So those business goals trickle down into all your team members. So we should know, you should know, they should know what they need to accomplish and all the time we should be having these feedback discussions. And I don't mean we're having these like very corporate, let's sit down and have a feedback discussion. I mean the casual, you know, how you're doing, however, whatever the vibe is in your company, that vibe can translate into a feedback conversation, right? For me, I'm a very casual person. It's just how that meeting go? how that report go? You know, you know, I, I do HR. So my employees, it could be, how, how did it go with manager X? What did you think about that? Did you think that was effective? Things like that. So you're always having those feedback conversations. So it's never a surprise to the employee, whether they're on target or not on target. Mm -hmm. And you have feedback discussions where you, the manager, the boss, aren't talking a lot. You're steering the ship about, we're talking about project X. We're talking about the problem. We're talking about the customer complaint. We're talking about something being late. That's what we're talking about. And you're asking questions and they're talking and you're going to find out if it's working out or not, because either that person is going to say, yes, it's not working. And they're going to come up with ideas about how to fix it. They're going to bring up obstacles and they're going to ask for your help. Those two things are progress. You're going to be like, all right, we're in the right direction. We might've had a hiccup. But we're moving in the right direction and this is progress. And you're gonna you're gonna be like, okay, this is fine. Or they're not, right? They're gonna be combative. They're going to kind of push back. They might have an attitude, and you're gonna know it's not gonna work. But one, that's gonna be helpful because you're gonna feel reassured, especially if you're that type of person, like we talked about when we talked about radical candor and the mindset that maybe is a little nicer and you don't want to do that. This is gonna make you feel better that you're making the right decision to let them go because it's going to kind of put that to underscore your gut feeling that it's not working. So yeah. you're going to, you're going to feel more confident in your decision. But then from a compliance um, standpoint, you're kind of checking your boxes about you're doing your due diligence mm-hmm. in going through the process. And now you've set up you and your business to one, you're going to feel better from a mindset standpoint and a stress relief standpoint to say, it's not working out. And your business is going to be more protected to then say, hey, it's not working out. And a lot of times, because you've done it that way, the conversation more so goes, this isn't a good fit for us. And they're going to know it too. Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to be so much of Hey, I'm firing you! Oh, I can't believe it! This is a shock to me. I've, I've been working so hard here. If we're having those consistent feedback discussions, then they're going to know. Hey, I've been talking to you for the last couple of days, for the last couple of weeks. I've been talking throughout this project, and there's been no kind of improvements. You haven't met your targets. We talked about this last week. You're going to be in a good position, but really, it's it's always hard. It's always difficult, but yes, it should always be quick. You get that kind of feeling, have these discussions. You're going, you're going to know pretty quickly if this employee is helping you on the road to improvement, or if you're underscoring, this isn't going to work out. You just need to make sure you're checking your boxes to protect your business when you're letting that employee go Mm -hmm. and that you're doing it in the most kind of empathetic way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it all comes full circle, really, like when you start set up correctly, check all the boxes, get everything situated, um, you know, have that right mindset of actually being the boss. (laughs) And then if you do have to part ways, then, you know, it comes full circle. You're just having to easily (laughs) let someone go. Um, So what we do, uh, what I do every Friday is I give an action step. If we have listeners that are ready to take the next step, ready to either look for someone to maybe do part time or do something for them, like take on some maybe social media or something. What is a good uh, first step or step of action that you would give them to take? this week i
1: think that they should try to map out what they do so do a mapping exercise reflect on the previous week about kind of everything that you're doing and then put that on your mind mapping paper and then i want you to first group them together so kind of everything related to kind of um content creation in one group everything related to like managing client would be one Right. So group them all kind of together and then prioritize them. And then after you prioritize them, that's when we're going to go into kind of how much you like them. So now once we've grouped them together, prioritize them and put them how much you've liked them. Now we can kind of rack and stack them. Mm -hmm. And now we kind of have a list that are most important to your business at the top. So we know we need to make sure those are done. Things at the bottom. So, anything at the bottom that's not important and you don't like to do, maybe you can just delete them from your business altogether. Mm -hmm. But if there are important things that you don't like to do, we can consider outsourcing those if they don't have to be done by you. So, now we can kind of start at the bottom of that priority list after we get through the no priority item, the not a priority items that you don't like to do, and think about what we can outsource. And that's kind of a good way to look at what we can outsource.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been such an awesome conversation. I got a lot of good tidbits out of it, <laughs> stuff that I didn't think about before. And I want you to let everybody know about your HR toolkit and where they can connect with you online.
1: Oh, wonderful. So you can get my HR toolkit for small business at slash toolkit. It actually has some resources to help with the assignment I talked about and I love hanging out on LinkedIn. Um, You can check me out there if you like, and you can let me know how your assignment is going. Um, Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining me, Sarah. I will drop all of those links down in the show notes for everyone, and that is all I have for today. Join me next time. Thanks for listening to Coffee Powered Systems. You can find links to everything mentioned in the episode down in the show notes or on the website at MirandaMerton.com. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review it in iTunes or where you enjoy listening so others can find it too. And join me here next time.